welcome to the How To Podcast with Daniel and Matt. In our podcast, the two of us explore what's behind how, behind your operating way. We see this as an extension of the academy, a place to continue our learning and drive our culture. Through interviews and conversations, we'll aim to share best practices from inside and outside the Honey Group. And you can expect some fun and insightful conversations with some inspiring people. Welcome, everyone, and welcome, Matt. Um, today in a different shape and role. Um, because you mean, you're saying I'm put on weight? Is that what no, you're no, saying no, already? No, no, okay, no, right. no, no, that's not what I'm saying. Um, because um, today um, you're going to talk all day um, and all night um, because you will be in the role of my guest today. Um, so, therefore, also this one welcome um, to you. Uh, because, um, Matt, um, you had a session on uh, last week's uh, Strategy Inspiration Week. So for everyone out there who um, didn't um, participate in the Strategy Inspiration Week or wasn't aware that this is going on, uh, we kick off the strategy uh, process within our group of companies. And, and this year, we try to do things a little bit different. Um, so we organized this week uh, where we tried to get in different speakers with totally different um, subjects. Um, to just get them talking and inspire and inject a little bit of different thoughts that we might um, take on on our strategy work and get off, get us out of our um, current thinking. So um, and that was quite a success. At least I enjoyed a lot of of those sessions. And uh, you had a session as well. Yeah. Now, if I remember, I was scheduled late on Friday afternoon. Um, Let's be honest, the crowd wasn't bouncing at that stage. They were a little bit subdued at the end of the week. But yeah, I was over the moon to have the opportunity. So uh, yeah, really good experience. And not only that, it was really great to see the other speakers and some of the different ideas. And we got just just loads of interest from people about different topics. Okay, so you're basically saying the, the timing of your session did even influence the topic you talked about because the topic you talked about was, was on engagement, right? So um, what other sessions should we have, should we put on Friday afternoon if not an engagement and, and make it um, your task to engage the crowd as well? Um, so uh, let's, let's, let's uh, let someone else evaluate whether um, you succeeded in this one or not. Um, but I, I just wanted to take the time um, here on the podcast um, to maybe explore a little bit more around the topic. And um, first off, um, go for the obvious why question. Uh, why um, are organizations um, so interested in, in driving engagement across their workforce? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's the number one question, I guess. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people would ask you the question as to why engagement now? I mean, historically... I guess people didn't talk about engagement. Um, there's a lot of good reasons there. So let's start off with the first thing. I, I guess if I start with what's engagement, it, it's not happiness. Um, it's it's not satisfaction. This is actually about people that really want to be there, that um, are willing to give that what we call discretionary effort. So they're willing to go above and beyond or go the extra mile or in some way contribute more. And of course, every organization would, that's the ambition is to tap into that potential that sits there. I guess the, the, the best example I've, I've sort of seen of, of, of trying to explain this is 2004 Death Valley, everyone would know it as an acrid desert, um, you know, nothing there to see, so to speak, apart from lots of sand. 
2004, in the winter, there was um, a rainstorm and it dropped 15 centimetres of water onto this barren valley. Um, 2005 comes in the spring and suddenly we've got yeah, a whole sort of uh, banks of flowers and grasses and because it was always there, we just needed the right environment to sort of bring it out. And, and that's what discretionary efforts about is if we can build the right environment as a leader, as an organization, then we can tap into this potential that sits within everybody and really people willingly give it. And that's the important part here. It's not like someone's forcing it from them. No, they willingly give it because they want to be part of what it is you do. It's why the people stay late and, you know, are thrilled to be, you know, part of a hackathon at Google or whatever else, because it's suddenly that part of you've tapped into that discretionary effort. You've this optional bit I can bring to the party. Um, lots of reasons for doing it. But, but fundamentally in terms of, yeah, that's, that's what you're trying to do with the engagement of, of why is make it feel like it's a fun place to be. I want to be part of it and I want to contribute. Yeah, I mean, this makes totally sense to me. What I'm just wrestling with is because you're saying it's not about employee satisfaction, but isn't it more like it's about employee satisfaction, having fun at work, being happy from time to time even, right? But then also and the stuff that you need to um, to do as well in order to get to this discre discretionary effort. Yeah, I guess, and, and the reason I hesitate on the satisfaction is there are people that are satisfied that will still leave you. People that are really engaged want to stay because they want to contribute more to what you do. Um, so satisfaction is sort of, um, yeah, meets those those basic needs and says people are content, but doesn't mean they're necessarily engaged or committed to you. And and that's the bit that you're really after is how do you tap into that? But on the other side, when we when we manage to to drive engagement, we will see happiness, fun, and satisfaction as a side effect. Yeah, coming back. Cool. I mean, definitely. And that and that you know, it's a good signal of people laughing and enjoying themselves. You know, some people might see it as you know, okay, well, they're not being productive. Actually, I'd tell you that it's often a really good signal of people are engaged, excited, and yeah, they'll they'll be doing their job and more because they love what they do. Um, so, yeah, you you kind of can't stop these people enjoying themselves, and that comes in, yeah, all sorts of fun in their workplace. Yeah, so um, it all makes fun for me, and I'm just <clears throat> got, got stuck in, in your form, uh, formulation when you say people love what they do. Um, I, I think that's that's something we all strive for, although... It's it's a privilege, right, to to do what you love on the other side, um, which not everyone will experience, but still you can engage people, and that's probably what you also meant with the satisfaction and engagement. Whilst I not love all the facets of my job, I might still be engaged to carry out because I know it's the right thing to do, and I see the impact it has. Yeah, I, I, I you know, be really clear. Some people that are really engaged will look, you know, they'll they'll work really hard and they'll have ugly days like the rest of us um but but they kind of get the buzz off of that it's it's not the it's not necessarily the volume of work it's the stretch of the work it's whatever it just feels like i get a chance to do that stuff and i'm excited to do that so yeah that you'll see something different from engaged staff which is what everybody's after the consequence of not having it and i think that's where so many organizations are struggling at the moment we talk about this this The, the grand resignation in terms of these things happening where 
you've got so many people leaving organizations and particularly this year and there's big arguments as to why people are choosing to leave the organizations but but fundamentally people feel like yeah they're not committed to what it is we do we're we're not ready to contribute to that so we want to try somewhere else as such and you know that that's the difference if we can really engage them then why would I want to go anywhere else when I'm having so much fun doing this thing you know and so yeah that, that that's the unfortunate consequence uh, in days gone by hey look Daniel I you know I haven't got the thickest head of hair shall we say um you know I, I I've slightly older than you are and when I joined uh, the world of uh, employment I was grateful for a job and I was grateful for my employer for giving me a job um let's speed forward you know to where we are today I don't want to give away too many years there but if if I look at it now is that the tables have turned it's it's the employee that has all of the capability all of the energy all of the stuff we want as an employer and it's our job as an employer as a leader to give them an environment that they can engage with and connect with and yeah and give us the opportunity to tap into that talent they have yeah yeah, that's where people talk about the war of talent. And uh, just a couple of days ago, someone told me uh, the war is over and talent won. So, um, yeah, that's probably, it, that's right? probably a good, yeah, it's a good way of putting it. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> let's get, get down to it. I mean, everyone is after engagement, uh, at, at least now. Um, so, um, I guess part of your speech was not, or, uh, not only convincing other people that they need, um, to engage their people, but also you were giving away some magic receipt, I guess, on, on how to get where so let us uh, participate in your in your uh, magic and and tell us what we can do to to drive engagement yeah magic wow um yeah i, I generally in terms of i i guess so the first thing is i watch too many leaders that want to get into what's all the reasons for a lack of engagement and that can be an endless list and many of them can be outside of your influence so as a leader it's You know, there are global issues, there are lots of factors, you know, inflation, all sorts of different reasons that will be way beyond your influence and that in some way might be affecting the level of engagement in your team. Please, I don't want to try and, you know, somehow suggest they're not, but I want to look at how can we affect the things that we can influence as such? What can we do as opposed to those global issues? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, obviously I can't invite, touch on those. So we really looked on four things and we look at this as a leader of saying, look, if, if you could work on these four areas, they kind of reinforce themselves and, and, and they work together. So at its very core, we have this thing of an environment of trust. Now, lots of different terms for this. We call it psychological safety. Um, people have to feel safe that they can speak up. There's an environment where others are you know, um, willing to listen to them and that they feel comfortable to share their opinion, their perspective in terms of things. So if if you haven't got the starting point of you know, this psychological safety, which we might have to make explicit to people. So the first time they share things, they open up about things, we may have to encourage that behavior and make them aware of, look, that's truly what we want. And as a leader, we need to be, you know, transparent. We need to be authentic. We need to be yeah, encouraging that kind of dialogue, that candidness as such in terms of to build an environment where, first off, yeah, everybody has a voice. Second, 
the second part is we have to, in some ways, connect people to our purpose. People need to understand that they have meaningful work. So if I go back, there was, there was a story always told about the, 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 you know, some guy was sweeping the floors at NASA and someone famously came up to him and said, you know, what are you doing? And the age old sort of, uh, I guess, story was that the guy replied, well, look, I'm putting a man on the moon because my job is to sweep the floors and I'm part of the team that's going to put a man on the moon and look what difference I'm doing. Well, yeah, that's about meaningful work. It's about connecting people from what they do on a day-to-day basis to the bigger purpose. And let, let's be honest, at Haniel, we have a fantastic opportunity with Enkelfake is, is, is such a connection to a bigger purpose. And, you know, it's understanding that my job as a facilitator, as a, you know, someone working in the academy is to... Yeah, educate people to educate leaders who affect the you know the environment that everyone works in that does then I can other people can see the connection from their work to this grander purpose of what we try and do I think that's our second piece is first you have to feel safe in the environment to voice opinions and secondly yeah we have to feel like we have meaningful work that what we do makes some form of difference that we have a, a significant part to play in the ambition of the organization. Okay, so two out of four. I mean, uh, you're doing great. I mean, I mentioned in the beginning, Matt will talk all day and night. Um, but, but don't worry, keep on talking because there's two more, I guess, uh, because you mentioned there's four of them, right? Yeah, so so the, the next two, I guess, uh, you, people want to feel like they're part of a winning team. Um, I, my simplest way of putting this is that if you look at today... Today has to be better than yesterday. We can't all win. The, the environment that we work in doesn't mean to say every day is going to be a great success and we're going to have a wow day and you know we'll achieve all our targets, our goals, our ambitions, whatever. No, it doesn't work like that. But what we want to see is that we're making progress. There's more, nothing more frustrating for a member of staff to feel like we're repeating, that we're having this you know, classic sort of groundhog day that it feels like every day is the same as the last one. And doesn't feel like we're getting ahead on those objectives, those things we want to deliver within our team. So being able to see that progress that we're making, be able to take the next step and see that we've made a difference, that's yeah, a big part to connecting people to this. So I feel like I can have a voice. I feel like I have meaningful work and it feels like we're making a difference with that work. We're making progress to where we're heading to. And then finally, I need someone who's got my back. This thing we call a valued member, I need to feel like I have an individual space here, that I'm special. And that comes in the shape of someone's interested in giving me feedback, they're interested in giving me um, support, coaching, guidance in terms of to be able to do the best that I can do, my capabilities. Because that way it feels like, yeah, somebody else is, is supporting me to stretch and to grow and to learn. So, I mean, who wouldn't want to be in a place where it's safe to talk, to share your opinions, to have a voice, where actually it feels like you're doing some meaningful work, that we're actually making progress, and better still, you're learning and developing and your lifelong learning journey, and, you know, and someone's helping you do that. That feels like an environment you want to stay in. Who'd, who'd want to leave an environment like that? Okay, so it's really those four things. Um, so creating this psychological safety, this environment of trust where people feel encouraged to speak up and raise their opinion, 
It's about um, making work meaningful so that I see how I fit into the bigger picture, how I can contribute to something that actually moves the needle um, when, when we look at our company. But also then that I see the, the ongoing process that what we do is, is actually moving forward and that I have someone's back who is like supporting me on that journey, but also who is considering my input as, as valuable and, um, t- um, and uh, supporting me through this. So, um, yeah, I, just, um, I mean, not only for a lot of time, I feel like there's, there's so much in those four things, uh, which we can, which we can, which we can think about and which we can use as leaders, but also as individual contributors, because we are all in that. And probably it's not just one sided, right? That a leader does that. And then the employee is engaged. There's also something that needs to come back, right? It's, it needs to be, of course, I need to learn from you. I need to hear from you, what what you think is meaningful, but also there's, I can also create this on my own, right? I can, yeah, I yeah. can clarify this purpose for myself, or, or I mean, I, I hear people talking about their own purpose, and suddenly also seeking for companies that match their own purpose, their own values, and 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 so it's not only something that the company, the leaders define; it's also something that I bring and define myself, right? Yeah, and it used to be. Let's say it used to be that world where you had to go out and find another organization where their values match with yours, that their aspirations were, you know, aligned to what you were trying to achieve. Um, and, I, and I think now, you know, rather than you having to do the hard work, we should be doing the hard work for you. We should be showing you how what we do has a big, makes a big difference and, you know, what how you can truly align with what we're doing because there is a convergence. You know, we should somehow make that piece of work easier for you so my job as a leader is to show you how we connect and how you know we will yeah um bring these two things together and and show you what opportunity you can contribute to this bigger purpose for you and for us yeah and also to to display to show to the outer world what what values you drive as a company right and not only telling about it but then going back to your first principle of creating trust right Get, being credible in the market and not when we talk about ankle fake, not not just um, talk about shiny targets and and like uh, driving greenwashing, but really um, also showing to the outside world that and that and what we say we also do. And um, yeah, and if, if if I see that as a as an applicant and I have a company that that it's very easy for me to match and and to follow up and actually then then see the, seek the contact. So. Yeah, and I think you see it in our organization and many others, they're being much more explicit than ever before about fundamentally their purpose and, and what they're there to do. Um, and it's bigger than just make money or you know, produce a product as such. They want to make a discernible difference because that's what people will engage with, particularly the, the newer generations during our organizations. Yeah, so I think we're really getting down to this. Um, just because it triggers so much thinking in my head and I feel like I'm learning while having this podcast and running this podcast. And we actually had a question on LinkedIn uh, from someone asking us on what is actually the, uh, the, the special ingredients that needs to be in every leadership or not leadership, but every development program. So, um, and, and just reflecting back on what you explained and what we discussed, I think the most, most special ingredient, which you need to, to focus on in, in an, in an, development program um, is also engagement, right? And uh, I, I easily can apply those four things immediately um, and give a few examples of how, how we're trying to do it, I guess, 
So definitely it's about creating the safe environment for minute one. And it's it's really for minute one, right? Because yeah. it, it's about the first impression you, you make uh, and you can't like change the first impression. So it's really hard to, if you if you left a bad first impression to change the, this afterwards. So kind of like for us, it comes down to the first email you write and the first touch point you have with a customer with someone who's joining our programs. It's like, we want to make sure we get the tone right and we, we transport some of the, the energy, the dynamics, the the atmosphere, how we want to make people feel in our programs from minute one. And I think it's already that. And then, of course, um, living up to that um, throughout a program. And um, that's that's all about the, creating the safe environment. Now, meaningful full work uh, or meaningfulness in, in this um, terms, I think this is not, not only something that we can give to people. I, I think... We do that by making making the the stuff we talk um, relevant for everyone. So, I think we we talked about it in the last podcast that good learning um, only takes place if it's relevant for people and if it's matching their reality and and, and what they need and and they also see the need for for this kind of learning. But I think that's the other point of view where um, also the learner needs to to drive their own development, their own career ultimately because if if they don't see the need for for learning something new, um, I mean, we, try, we can try, but if, they, if they're not bringing that, we can't come in. So, kind of like creating a meaningful um, learning experience—that's something that needs to come from both sides. But for us, really, to to strive to um, to make it relevant and to always connect it back. So, what's in it for you? And then, winning team, yeah, it's is that progress that you just visualized or described, like showing that you learned something new, that you're capable of doing something different afterwards, that. You take some small steps, but things are changing. Your behavior is is slightly changing. You learned a new routine. Something feels more at ease after a training, or you feel like more comfortable to put yourself in a in a new situation or whatever it is. Um, but I think that's also very important. That of course doesn't not only take place in the classroom. So where we discuss um, the course uh, topics uh, in our beautiful academy, but this this then takes place at the workplace, and we kind of like need to to see how we can tackle this as well and how we can make a, a learning and development program not only something like artificial in, a, in an outside academy, but something that happens every day, like you said, a lifelong learning journey. And and last of your valued member, I think that's where we need to spend our time is like um, with the people and not just as a teacher, but in every role that is needed, supported with the leader I'm doing the same. So also the leader... Um, supporting um, the employee, the participants in their learning, steering them with their their view on the development areas, the strengths, um, and together actually um, also prioritize and finding focus areas for for you to learn. So um, I, I could probably go um, go on for hours now, uh, but kind of like this was just triggered and with what you explained on. And how this turns back to us and actually driving engagement in development programs, which I think is is the most important thing to answer that question from LinkedIn. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> first thing for me is, yeah, personal LinkedIn, um, thank you for your question. And uh, yeah, for anybody else thinking of asking questions, yeah, we really do read them. And yeah, we try our best to answer as many as we can. Um, yeah, it, it's it, the model is simple, it's easy, it's accessible for anybody in terms of as a leader, in terms of how do we affect that thing of engagement. Um, you know, when, when I was doing some research and I was, you know, trying to dig around looking for some data and some, some sort of uh, 
some research in terms of how much difference does it really make. Um, Bain came with some really interesting research where I'm not sure, you know, uh, defy to the people that brought the research, but they said you can they see, you can see up to 125% more productivity from people who are engaged than other employees, which is which is enormous. Um, but but I came across another quote which I thought was far better, which which kind of sat for me. It said, "Disengaged employees stay for what they can get from an organisation." Engaged employees stay for what they can give, and that, and that for me is that that key ingredient as we look at engagement is people that are truly engaged want to contribute to what we're trying to do. They want to engage with us and they want to give more, whether that be in a learning environment, whether that be in a you know in a workspace. Pe- people want to be engaged, and if they're not engaged then they'll choose to go elsewhere. And, you know, your comment about the war on talent is huge. There's a, a piece of research that suggests next year, theoretically, we will have more people because of the gig economy and whatever else that are self-employed than employed in the workplace, which, which is crazy. Um, so, you know, people are choosing and they're choosing to go where they feel they can contribute and make the biggest difference. And we need to make that inside our organization by our leaders stepping up and, and building an environment where people can engage with. Okay, so that probably doesn't happen in Germany because we make it way too hard for people to become self-employed. But that's another topic. Uh, uh. I, think, I, think we, I think we got through a lot, of, a lot of topics today. And I think you just um, pulled it back to why it's important um, to focus on engagement. And I hope this also... Um, was the impression of people joining your session at the Strategy Inspiration Week. Um, I hope this was um, helpful and there was some learning in for everyone who was uh, listening today. Um, and actually, I talked uh, way too much uh, than I planned to. Uh, so I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was fun. And you had some great things. So, um, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, looking forward to um, hear, talk to you on the next episode. And then we will bring a guest um, again. So um, take care um, for now and um, see you on the next episode.